Welcome to Talking Art Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, The Presentation. Ooh, the presentations. These There's more and more in-person presentations. You know, it used to be for a long while there, uh, Zoom presentations, which are somewhat easier because you're still in your own space, but more and more are coming back to the in-person presentation, which is a little bit more intense. I agree. I agree. It's one of those things that, you know, with a little bit of effort and things like that, it can, it's a relationship enhancing thing and it's a good thing. It's good for confidence. I really like this topic. I, I do too. And hang on a second. I, I just noticing new headphones, new headset. You, are you wearing new headset? Is the, are these old ones? Old ones. Uh, I needed to get a new cord for them. The cord came in. Ah, these are my favorite headphones. I haven't worn them in a year because we have lots of headphones between the two of us. And, uh, I, mailed away for a new cord mm-hmm. and uh i like these ones yeah it looks good it looks good sorry, sorry folks i just got distracted they're lighter ah very nice and a slightly better quality although that's not necessarily a good thing yeah yeah well that's that's uh, that looks good mm-hmm. yeah we don't match anymore no we don't <laughs> <laughs> so let's set the stage here greg and i have been friends for a long time and we've both been managers for a long time we've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, and we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion, Greg. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been away for a bit, so it's nice to get back to the table. You're never home. Well, I think I'm going to slow down now, but honestly, the last couple of months has been super busy, traveling a lot. Uh, back on the road, uh, doing some fun and interesting and great sessions. And uh, but it is nice to be back. And uh, this week is a little slower. I'm in the city tomorrow for some meetings, but besides that, mostly coaching and uh, some assessment work and uh, like one training session a week, which is just lovely. I never know where he is. He's, <laughs> he's always all over the place. So, but I'm back now. You're back now. Yeah, that's right. Until summer vacation. That's it. And that's coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) So the presentation. You're asked or expected to do a presentation and you experience all or part of the following. You have never done a real presentation before. The audience includes some very important people in the organization. You aren't provided with enough info on what is expected. You realize that there is a lot of expectations on the presentation. So what's up with this? How important is this subject and how does it affect our relationships and the work environment, Greg? Yeah, well, what's interesting is I started by saying, you know, we're that in, we're coming back to in-person presentations. And I think what's really interesting is especially for new team members, there are a lot of folks that don't know anybody. You know, they know they know people from by name and my maybe by Zoom or Teams from or the shoulder up from the shoulder up, but they don't know. So, you know, as we come back and have in person presentations, this is just super accelerated. You know, there's a lot of talk these days about kids and uh, my wife's a tutor and there are many kids in high school, grade 12, who have never written an exam because through COVID they didn't write exams. And this is a bit similar to this. There are folks that have been in organizations for three years and A, don't know people, 
And if you don't really know people, you know their names, that you don't know how to show up, you don't know what's important to them, uh, you know, that adds the stress. If this is a first in-person uh, presentation, it could be so stressful. And in this scenario, if uh, no direction, no support, and it feels like a little bit like a dumping ground potentially, and you're being set up for failure. And the other thing is that no matter what people talk about, uh, we judge uh, by what we see. And if I don't know you, if I'm a senior leader and this is the first time I'm going to be exposed to you and you're doing a presentation and you've been set up with uh, not understanding what the deliverables are, not understanding who the people in the room are, not understanding what's the reason you're going, like, you know, uh, do you even want to show up? And on the negative side, there's times when people judge you as a person giving the presentation and uh, perhaps even the subject based on the quality of the presentation. And we're very fickle sometimes. And quite frankly, there's some people that are good at doing presentations and there's some people that are really good at it. There's people that you just hand them a, a little, you know, a little memo pad and say, hey, listen, you know, could you talk about this? And they can do it, right? I've done a bunch of presentations. Sometimes I'm flat. Sometimes it's okay. Uh, it depends if I want to do it or what my intimate knowledge of the subject mm -hmm. is. But I've had some really good experiences and I've had a couple bad ones or maybe I'm flat on a certain day. But certainly I've actually taken a couple of courses on doing presentations. And, you know, whether it's a 10 minute presentation or a three hour one, the, the basis are the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a great way to have a conversation to, you know, rather than, I don't know about you, Greg, but I hate getting emails. I, you know, laying out some big thing where there's no discussion, where somebody doesn't stand up in front of you and say, hey, li listen, you know, this is what we're doing. And it's better for the questions and the eye contact. There's mm. just a million things that are so good about it. So every once in a while, like I've been in organizations where all of a sudden, oh, you're going on an effective presentation course. It's like, oh, okay, I don't really have the time. But you go on it and you go, hey, this is pretty good. Like even if I get a couple things out of this and I have to get up there and talk and, mm. and do some stuff, then at least I feel a little bit, I have a few tools and I feel comfortable more comfortable well you know, and you know uh in this hybrid work return where people when they do come back to work presentations and dialogue are kind of the key focus areas so lots of organizations have done really great work and says when we gather the purpose of gathering is sharing having dialogue building together and so the ability to know how to present know how to prepare for it uh, know your audience and all the things we're going to talk about are critical that are really important. But in the scenario that you set up, this person is set up for failure. No question. They, they might be able to pivot like I can pivot. I, you know, give me a framework. I'll read the audience and I can pivot pretty well. Um, but I've also had failures where it was just, I just had zero information and you can't pivot, uh, if you have no knowledge whatsoever. Um, it's just, it's so much harder. So as a manager, there's a few things we can do to assist the situation. The first one, understand the experience of the person who will be doing the presentation. Know your people, know if they need more support or if they're somebody like you that you just hand them the bullet points and say, here, let me know if you have any questions. Mm -hmm. You're due up at three o'clock tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's so important. And uh, and again, this comes back to the one of the most important tenets that we say in each of our podcasts is, as you just said, know your people. Uh, because if you're going to keep them engaged, if you're going to help them be successful, part of it is that they 
believe that you understand who they are and are going to be there to support them. And if this is a skill set that will be used often, make efforts to get some training, especially practical training for your employees. I've been on like interviewing courses and also, you know, giving evidence in court and stuff and giving presentations. There's nothing better than having practical exercises where they like somebody tapes you and and then you discuss it afterwards. And, you know, there's a slight burn at first, but then you see everybody gets critiqued and you have a good time with it and you watch other people and go, oh yeah, do I do that too? Do I use that phrase? Do I hunch over like that? It's a really good experience. And if you can get somebody, even a one or two day course, confidence, Mm -hmm. skills, it's a good thing. Yeah. And you know, even Toastmasters is, is one that's been around a long time. I got a couple of friends who, who are Toastmast leaders or whatever they do. And it hardly costs anything. And, and you, you practice and practice bringing things up and presenting to them. And it's like anything else. The more you practice, the smoother it becomes because you just are, you're able to pivot. You're able to, cause you've, you've thought of, you've crossed every path. So, uh, it doesn't even have to be a big, big, uh, investment, but it's such an important investment because the time we come together, uh, is, is critical and, um, you want to maximize those times. You want to maximize the impact. And as a leader, if your people are presenting something on your behalf or as a part of your team, you want them to be successful because that's going to help your team be successful. I forgot about Toastmasters in, in both the major organizations that I've worked in my adult life. There was a Toastmasters program. Yeah. yeah, it's not that complicated and it's, but it's quite good and it's, it's lasted the test of time. And sketch out what is required. If I'm, if I'm, you know, asking you, Greg, to make a presentation like on, on what we do and talking about ranting, then, then you and I should have a conversation about what I think should be in it. And then you go off and do your thing. And, you know, maybe I know what the people that are going to be listening, uh, want to know about, and it's my job to kind of sketch it out for you mm-hmm. and let you know what the expect expectations are. Mm-hmm. I, I was coaching last, I was doing a training session last week and, and one of the great, um, uh, things that I shared with folks is pop. So for everything you're doing, pop is what's the purpose? Why are you doing it? Uh, outcomes, O, what, what, uh, what is the outcome that you're requiring? And P is what's the process? So if you think of pop as a, as a manager, uh, any conversation, help them think through the purpose, help them think through the outcomes you're trying to deliver and, uh, and help provide support around what's the best process to present it. And make sure you know what's required. If this is coming from above you, make sure you you have some of the answers to some of those questions because we don't want to put an employee in a situation where they don't really understand what's required. They don't understand, uh, you know what you know what the audience is. Uh, really important that if we're the the manager and we're tasking somebody to do this, we actually understand. Yeah, you know, again in the session last week we talked about what's the role of the manager, what's the role of the leader. It's to create. Uh, a successful space for your people. So really understanding doing some of the legwork for them or directing them to as who they need to talk to uh, and and facilitate that. So uh, if you're assigning something and they're going to be talking with my boss is Alistair and they're going to be talking to Alistair uh, presenting uh, for him or on behalf of him or something, facilitate that dialogue and give them some questions. You can even go along with them to help them the first time and then kind of shepherd them to do it the next time. So yeah, really come alongside them. And maybe sit down with the employee and do a run through or a table read. Uh, 
although it's a slightly different situation, when I worked in the regulatory environment and uh, a litigator was going to be doing an opening statement for a hearing, quite often, especially if the issues might have been complex or it's, there's a lot of publicity around it, uh, a group of people would sit down and you would run through your uh, opening argument, which is a presentation, mm-hmm. and, and and listen and, uh, you know, and people would give you some, you know, more senior litigators would say, hey, listen, this is really good. Perhaps change this phrase to this. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there's too much in. Maybe you need to emphasize that more and just, you know, take the benefit of the people around you, people that have done it a lot more than you. And that, and that can be the same thing for a presentation, especially if you have a deck and people can read it ahead of time and then, and then you know, talk about content, but also talk about delivery as well. Yeah, and you know, it can be as simple. I, first of all, I love the table read idea. Mm-hmm. The, you know, f- frame up. Here's the, uh, give them a little bit of a frame as to what they want. Allow them to go away and create something and then come back for a quote table read. It just sounds fun. And then just kind of walk through what are you going to do then when, what happens when, then when, let's go through it. Uh, and then that gives some feedback. It's kind of a layered approach and then actually have them finalize the slides or whatever it is. And I think it's powerful to have a practice round uh, because you know what? You just allow your, it connects things in your brain. Uh, you can ask the questions that you might anticipate coming. Um, we can play the different uh, players and sometimes it's fun. You can play the, you know, the, the heckler in the back or whatever like that. But if, if you've, if you've funnily created a heckler, and you've had to practice against the heckler. Then, if there is a heckler, it almost it almost gives you a a smile. It, it de-stresses the situation. And 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 it, I don't know. I've I've had people help me with this before, and then something has happened, and it almost it just lightens things, and it allows me to be more fluid and to respond more confidently. And that is good for me. It's good for the manager who I'm presenting for. It's good for the organization. So in a side question, Greg, mm-hmm. I know how I feel about this. Do you like using slides or do you just like to talk? Uh, I usually uh, have slides, but they're pretty simple. A lot less words, probably more pictures. Uh, but it also, again, depends upon the audience. This is where we always talk about know your audience. If there are folks, um, I still think simplify. Um, but if you know that folks are just all visual, just have pictures. If folks are a little bit more detail oriented, um, have more details, but then have references on the bottom so that the, and you tell them that in the appendix is the details behind this. So really just think about who you're presenting to and, and, and craft it that way. Again, don't put too much data because even the most detailed people, You'll lose them if there's too many words on the page. But if you have little references and tell them, listen, there's also a 35-page appendix that you can get all the exciting data, all the fact finders in the room will get really, really jazzed about that and will still follow along. Uh, I don't care either way. I like your simplicity comment. It was interesting. So I've done 250-plus outreach presentations as part of a large organization. And there was always a, uh, a deck and very informative, like well done, you know, pictures, you know, vi- you know, professionally done. It was interesting. I was at an event and they were having a catastrophic IT failure. Mm. So we went without, like I had a hard copy of the deck and I just put it on a lectern and 
actually moved into the audience a little bit more mm. and uh, just went. And mm -hmm. it was my, myself and another person were, were kind of sharing the, the presentation. I really like that presentation. Like, I do think there's a need for a deck, but I got to tell you, when there wasn't a deck, people were concentrating on me and my, my colleague more than they usually would. And uh, I think we stepped into the, the gap and our stories mm. were uh, a little better animated. And uh, it was an interesting thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm not advocating getting rid of them. I do like that comment you made, though, about making them more simplistic. I just thought it was an interesting thing, and I wondered if you had a, a thought on it. I, I like to just get up there and talk and tell stories. And if we need a, a deck, hey, so be it. I'm, I, I'm not against it. It's just an, it was an interesting, necessary experiment one night. Well, it's really interesting because last week I was doing a, a training session, a pilot for eight frontline leaders, and um, I sat for most of it. Uh, the slides were up behind me. But I sat for most of it, and it was like a collaborative dialogue around mm. things. Uh, and it was like a, it was like a circle um, presentation I and like discussion. That. And it was so powerful because, you know, there's uh, sometimes when – and sometimes you need the size of the room or whatever. You need to be more formal up front with the clicker and all that kind of stuff. But but just, just – uh, uh, you can adapt. And, again, last week it was like – it was very cool. Really, just uh, much more intimate, eh? Much more intimate, and uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was so powerful. We had it set up in a round circle kind of space, and you know you have to adapt to the room and all that kind of thing. But uh, I think there's there's different ways of doing it. I like the idea of thinking about that, and sometimes you're just stuck with the space. Mm -hmm. and maybe there's too many people, and you just got to do stadium, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But some giving some thought when doing some presentations on, like if you're in a smaller group, that intimate setting I think is much more effective mm -hmm. and probably more connecting. No, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, and support the employee as required. Like actually be supportive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's times when people just give lip service to stuff, and if we're going to be supportive, we actually need to support people. Yeah, and again, it comes back to that very first comment you made: to know your people. So if this is the first time someone is doing a presentation, if you know they tend to be kind of nervous about these things, you're going to be closer to it. If these people are really good at it, um, then you're probably going to be less closer to it, but you can be supportive in different ways saying, listen, um, you know, be the, be the devil's advocate in the, in the room, really help them think through the challenges that might come through their presentation and the key questions. Um, you know, so it might, you might not have to do as full of a run through, but have something. And, you know, even in the way you talk to folks saying, you know, Alistair, I know you know how to do these things. I'm totally confident but I really want you to knock this out of the park. So here's a couple of roles that I think I can play to help it. I know you're going to develop it, and but but here I'll be the sounding board for you and that type of thing. Be specific and be thoughtful around the level of uh, competency and the confidence uh, of the person. If they're high competence, high confidence, probably don't need to spend as much time, but there are ways that you could support them in it, you know, uh, um, and probably the next question is one for high competence, high confidence, um, the follow up, the championing, the letting them know, uh, you know, uh, checking in, see how they felt about it, you know, uh, promoting uh, things like, and even in the room, you can promote different things if you're participating in it. So what's the things? And, and, and the last thing I would say is ask them how best you can support them.
um, because they're going to know, they're going to say, well, I'd love you to sit up front so that I can just see you from a confidence building perspective. That might be it. I, I'd i love you to jump in at any point with builds uh, because that would really help me. Or I don't want you in the room. Or I don't want you in the room. Yeah, it could be the total opposite. I think that's really cool. So, But ask, saying, hey, I want to support you in the best way. How can I just best do that? One of the most unique things I saw was uh, we were going to be giving a, a talk on something, and there's some kind of controversial things that we wanted to control. We wanted the question asked, but we wanted it done in the most positive, the way that we could build it the best. So we planted people. We had a couple of people sit in the audience and and – uh, I've actually co-opted a person. Mm-hmm. They came up and asked me a question before a presentation. I said, listen, hold that thought. I'm not going to tell you the answer now. When we get to questions and answer, I want you to an- ask that question because it doesn't always get asked. And I think everybody needs to hear not just the answer, but the question mm-hmm. as well. And so I have no problems co-opting people and Love saying, that. you know, planting people in the audience or planting ideas with people. And I like, I don't know about you, Greg, but when I'm going to do a presentation, if there's time if there's a break ahead of what we're doing, I work the room. Mm-hmm. I'm going around talking to people mm-hmm. and shaking hands. And I want people to feel comfortable. So they will ask those questions because the whole part of outreach is for people to ask questions. But I've co-opted lots of people and say, hold that thought, make sure. And when we get to the questions, I, I look for them. Like yeah, I know yeah. where they're sitting and, uh, oh, sir, I, I see your hand up. Even if it isn't up, you have a question. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I get them to ask yeah. that question. I love that, you know, and I uh, do a lot of team building sessions and often I'll use an assessment as a part of them. And often I recommend I do a debrief before one-on-one and they might just be a half hour. Uh, but uh, giving a uh, what it does is it builds relationship mm-hmm. and it builds connectivity. Uh, it ensures a consistent level of learning as you enter into the offsite or the presentation or whatever. And it can be a powerful accelerator because uh, it again, it's again about knowing. It's about connecting. It's about trust levels. And you know, trust levels we've talked about before comes from credibility, reliability, and relationship are the three biggies. And so, in those prep sessions or even walking the room, you build a little bit of credibility. You definitely build some relationship, um, and, and it helps with your presentation. And and using other employees to assist uh, or be part of the preparation or follow up or even part of the presentation. Uh, I remember I was on a series of uh, outreach sessions, and we took uh, a group of people from a bunch of different parts of the organization. And somebody would ask a question. I'm going like, I can ask, I could answer that question, but I don't have as much insight as Greg does. Mm. And the whole idea people knew is, you know, Greg, perhaps we could reach out to you if you could, uh, yes. And so this person stands up at the back and starts talking and, and using people like that. Like if you're doing the table read, have some other people there. If you're doing, if somebody, you know, a couple of people have heard the presentation and you're kind of doing a debrief afterwards, have them there. And, you know, we have to get over embarrassment and all that mm-hmm. stuff and feeling funny about things like that. But, um, you know, it's a really good situation. When when you have a healthy working environment, it's so much better to learn how to do things. Yeah, and it's a powerful opportunity. I often do it is, you know, often with a presentation, there are Q&A pieces and those kinds of things. If someone asks me something, often I'll say, well, that's a fantastic question. Before I answer, I'd love to tap into the 
insights in this room you know what are the practical ways that you've done it and asking that sometimes they answer my question i say yeah i got nothing more to add what what bob and mary said are fantastic but then it gets collective buy-in and energy into the room and it's a simple thing worst thing that can happen is no one's got any ideas and so then it is something you're going to really bring your wisdom to excellent so as an employee there's some things that we can do to assist with this situation if you know presentations are part of a role, seek out any training or mentorship to assist you if you ha don't have the necessary experience. If this is an area that you go, I really haven't done a lot of this, you know, is there some, you know, courses or a group like, you know, Toastmasters or something that I could, I could sample and see perhaps if this would be what I need to feel a bit more comfortable mm -hmm. with that aspect of my new job. Yeah, and look around, to your point, find the mentors. who's Who do you really respect around you that you know seems to just do this really well? And just have a conversation. You know, conversation could be, you know, what do you do to prepare? What have you done to build your skills? I really value and see you as a great presenter, and I know that part of my job will be more of this, and I want to be prepared for it. So what did you do to learn? Again, builds relationship, uh, deepens your competency. It's It's a great thing. And always ask a lot of questions. If, you know, if this is something that you find out is part of the job, then ask some questions like who's been doing them, what they've been on, you know, what's the venue we use. I don't know about you, Greg, but, you know, if I'm away and I'm going to do a presentation, I'm wandering around. I go find the venue. I look around. Okay, do I feel comfortable? What are the sight lines here? Do I like where I'd be standing? You know, where's the screen in relation to me? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where's, you know, the beverage station if I need a water and, and, oh, this is the tech guy. Hey, I have the USB stick. Hey, let's talk, mm -hmm. you know, and, and those types of things. So you, you need to ask a lot of questions. And even when you get detailed to do one, uh, I've put on a whole bunch of, of uh, international fraud conferences and things like that, Greg, when I worked for the police. And you could tell the people that knew how to do presentations. Mm -hmm. they, they'd show up early and, uh, you know, you'd always see the USB key. And that's the guy, that's the technical producer over there. Let's go see him. Let's go walk up there. This is where you'll be. And there's the mics for if anybody wants to come up and ask questions. And, you know, asking questions is a, it, it's just a, it's the professional thing to do, but it's also in terms of confidence and feeling comfortable with the situation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's all in the attitude. You know, I'm, I really want to, for this to be successful. And I'm, I, I want to really understand the needs of the folks I'm presenting to you, boss, your needs and that type of thing. And that's why I'm asking lots of questions to really dive deep. Normally, curious people create curiosity, curiosity amongst the people uh, that they're talking to. So I agree. And are you the best person to give the presentation? Ego should be left at the door. One of the things that I learned really early in my law enforcement career and then into the regulatory career as well is who are the best people to talk about this? And, you know, there are professional speakers that go out there and speak all the time. Mm. That's what they do. But quite often I found like we've had discussions. Okay, who are the best two people to do this presentation? Okay, and if we're going to do it, and I think the last time I gave a presentation within uh, the regulatory environment is at a conference. So two of us went, uh, were going to give the presentation, but the other two key members of that team that were part of that effort were in the room and uh, ended up being drawn out into the conversation. One of them was drawn out into the conversation mm -hmm. as well, but they were present in the room. So if we had one of those questions that they would be better off to answer, they were present and keyed up and good to go. You know, this was the team presenting what we had done only two of us were on the stage, but the team was present as well. 
Yeah, I think there's two things here with regards to the ego aspect. One is sometimes you don't have a choice. So whether or not you think you're the right person or not, your boss says you're the right person. So you got <laughs> you kind of got to do it. Uh, however, that doesn't mean you have to do it alone. No. Uh, and and if you aren't really comfortable, you know, think of creative ways to uh, partner with someone or to engage someone involved and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, the other thing is if you're the one who's always being asked to do the presentations, uh, um, it's good to share and it's good to because uh, sometimes you can get full of yourself and think that I'm the master present presenter and that's okay if you're really really good but recognize that it is a team sport to your point and all those folks that were involved in that regulatory presentation you had they were all part of the success of it well I, I gotta tell you Greg there's been a few times when somebody's given a presentation I went that's uh dude, you should have mentioned the team that was doing this effort mm, with you because mm. it became all me, 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 yeah, me, me. Yeah, I've like, seen that too. Dude, I know the background of this. The reason we asked you to do it is because, you know, you kind of led this effort. Yeah. But the way you presented it makes it sound like you were mm. the only person there. Unfortunately, I've seen that too. And make sure you're fit for purpose. Uh, don't overshare or take advantage of the situation. Just because you have certain people in the room, don't try to take care of every other business on your mind. I've seen this happen a couple of times where we have 30 minutes to give this quick presentation. So let's do 20 minutes and let's open up for questions. And next thing you know, the, the meeting's appropriated by the presenter to talk about a bunch of other issues mm. and it ends up going over and, you know, and getting into everybody's time, not respecting their time. And, you know, I'm sure the other topics that they want to discuss are important, but that wasn't today. And, and people get irritated when, you know, Oh, you didn't tell us we we're going to talk about B and C too. Mm. We would have prepared for it. We came here to talk about A. What are you talking about? And, and, you know, being, um, uh, honoring people's time and the commitments that you've given mm -hmm. really, really important. Yeah. It's a long game with relationship and building and you gotta, you definitely have to watch that. And, you know, part of that is keeping to the time set aside. Mm. Um, you know, everybody's so busy these days. We all have places to go and things to do and people to talk to. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, um, <laughs> I've been in presentations that have been so long and you lot, this is about Chris. We talked about this earlier, you know, and it's also about knowing your audience. So what does this audience need? What am I trying to achieve? You know, I think, I think we've talked about this before CPR. So what's the context that I'm speaking at? What's the purpose and what are the results CPR and, and what that's from my perspective and then from their perspective. And then how do I do it in the most concise engaging way uh, because I've been lost sometimes in presentations where someone's just gone on and on and had a thousand different slides. Check out. It's a checkout. You lose people. So better to be quick and crisp and give more time for dialogue to dig deeper than spending time on the presentation itself. And take advantage of any prep work, including any run-throughs. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to run a couple of these together because it's all one thought. Uh, take advantage of any follow-up as well. It's usually a very good thing. Take critiquing the right way. If you have the right people in the room working with you on this, you can learn so much, not mm -hmm. just about the subject matter perhaps, but also about the way that you're delivering it. Well, again, if you know who is in the audience, who are you trying to convince as a part of this? And then bring in people who either know those people, who can uh, play those people, or who can really give you a perspective on it. It's so smart. And, you know, sometimes the, the very beginning scenario was like your, your boss said you're going to do this. You have no experiences. You have no experience doing it. And I'm not going to give you any information. That's a tough spot. Absolutely. But this says... 
even in those tough spots, I can think about, okay, who is the expert on this topic? Who are the audience? I can ask lots of questions of my boss. If they're not prepared to give them to me, I can ask them. And if the boss isn't prepared to give them to me, find someone else who has knowledge about the meeting that you can do your own work. Sometimes, you know, and it's not often, but sometimes you'll have a boss that just is either so scattered or busy and every once in a while a very small percentage that really don't care. Um, but in the end, you have to do what you got to do. And this is about being proactive and going and finding those people that can help support you and uh, challenge you to to show up and deliver on the best. I agree. Presentations are a great opportunity in so many ways, and we need to work through any uncomfortable feelings about doing them. I don't know about you, Greg. I've probably given 500 presentations uh, uh, just on the kind of the narrow uh, specialties that I have. Every single time I feel nervous until I get up there. And once I start talking, yeah, it's gone away. Same here, same here. And the other thought that just bubbled into my head was, you know, there will be times when your boss will give you no support and you go out and you do all the work and you knock it out of the park and then your boss takes all the credit for what you've delivered. And you know what? That can be frustrating as heck. Um, and it is okay to be frustrated in the moment. But take a walk, take a breath, uh, go to a close friend that it will keep your confidence and blow off some steam. But in the end, it always comes around. People uh, will, your knowledge in the topic, people will recognize that. Uh, and and so it's a short-term pain. Uh, as you say, work through it, might be uncomfortable. But that does happen. I've seen that happen before. And uh, I've seen people react in a very negative way and and complain to everybody in the world about their boss and that type of thing. That never ends well. Um, no. Just kind of accepting it and still showing up with your wisdom and your confidence, it will pay off. And even if you blow it, you try to nail it next time. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a very, you know, you can take all the courses you want, but until you, until you experience it and you deal with, you know, the nervousness or the uh the spoiler in the in the in the audience mm -hmm. i have no problem with those people mm -hmm. whatsoever mm -hmm. like i've been in a lot of situations uh like call in like kind of like telephone town halls somebody oh, yeah. calls in and stuff yeah. i'm no problem yeah, dealing you can't with that. regulate those you can't much. regulate those yeah. but you just get used to dealing with those things yeah. and and one of the things I, I you know even with this podcast if we start well and we finish well then, you know, we've scored some points already. Hopefully yeah. there's something in the middle that yeah. people can get some stuff out of as well. But these are all, you just have to deal with these, you know, yeah. it, it's, I, I get really nervous. Like even when we do this podcast, you know, just before, you know, I hit the computer and I hit the the, the pod track, I, you know, I go, oh, okay, am I ready? I don't know. I haven't read this over since I wrote it. I, yeah. I don't know. And it's yeah. like, no, once we hit the buttons, it's like, we're gone. Yeah, and as you get really good at this, you learn things like, I'm sorry, we seem to have lost that caller. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. Um, wrap up, Greg. Yeah, just, uh, you know, presentations are going, are back. And, um, if you're a manager, set your people up well for success, spend the time up front. Uh, and if you don't know, help them get the knowledge that they can be successful. Because if your folks are successful, guess what? You're going to be successful. And if you're in a situation where your boss has not set you up well, or you can't seem to get the facts on it, 
do your work. Go after it. Find out the folks that you need to find out from. Uh, find out who's in the audience. You know, it's always key is do the pop. What's the purpose? What's the outcome you're trying to deliver? And what's the best way in doing it for the, for the audience that you're presenting to? Just think of pop. It's a nice little, um, uh, simple reminder of what you need to do, but know your folks, know what they want. Uh, and 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 show up as positive and as engaging as possible. I like the idea, you know, being proactive, mm-hmm. uh, making sure you're on point. Uh, sometimes there's a few mess ups. Sometimes there's technical issues, but uh, you know, seek out a little bit of training. And uh, these are important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going into them as prepared as you can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a relationship with the audience. Uh, like I talk them up ahead of time. I talk mm-hmm. to them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you just get used to it and you just, you have to accept that, you know, maybe there's some nervousness and there's butterflies and, and things like that. But that's, that's just, everybody feels that and you just accept it and move on. And as you do things, oh, okay, I feel nervous now, but, you know, but once I start talking, that will go away. So you just get used to these things. And, I really like presentations. I think they're relationship building, you know, with whoever your audience is, Mm -hmm. other people you're doing it with, the people that ask you to do it. And sometimes the information you're passing on is really, really important and needs Mm -hmm. to get out there. And, and sometimes that's, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is important. I do a lot of stuff in terms of, uh, prevention. And when you're talking to people, it's important that mm-hmm. they hear what you have to say. So how are we saying it? Are mm-hmm. we saying it in a way that, um, you know, has the impact and, and, you know, afterwards, if people have more questions, do they know where to go to get more information? Mm-hmm. A lot of thought goes into this, but they're all good. They're good for you. They're good for your development. If you have a specialty, it's a great, uh, there's nothing better than learning how to express it to other people and explain what your information is, what your experience is, because other people can benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. And something that you just said earlier that really popped for me as well as, stuff will go wrong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and and the best way f- that I found is when things go wrong is to name it and and say we're going to figure it out folks. Uh you know like uh oh, you know my apple didn't connect. I don't know what's going on, but we will figure it out. So let's just uh you know just give us a couple minutes to go for it. So the more you can keep things calm, the better. And you know if you you know I've uh, the mics have not worked. So I've walked like almost in the middle of the audience say, "Hey, we don't have a mic. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Okay. We're good. Okay. Let's go. Right. And, and and the thing is, if you have that confidence, if, if, you know, people are here to listen to you and, you know, it's your job and everybody understands that things go wrong. Yeah. Everybody does. Okay. Um, listen, we hope that some of what we have spoken about, you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that made you really angry or you found offensive, but, uh, Greg, your philosophy. Yeah, it's been a while, so I have to remember it. But Because uh, you keep going away. That's right, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, in each of our podcasts, we end with a great piece of wisdom from my first coach. And she said, Greg, when we get together, there are some things we're going to talk about that are going to make you feel a little crunchy, maybe feel a little annoyed. And usually what I've discovered over the years is that those are actually learning moments, things that I got to learn. If they're testing me, if they're making me grumpy, they're probably things that I need to pause and consider. And there's also going to be things with joy where you feel really good. You're making traction. Those are really good. But we always say in the podcast, uh, just value both of those, the crunchy and the joy, because they're both telling us stuff and we can learn and grow from each of them. Shout out. Shout out. 
I don't know if everybody heard me pulling the sticky off the, the table. Russian Federation. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yep. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I, don't, I don't know what episode. It, it didn't. Uh, sometimes it gives me uh, cities and countries. Sometimes it's just the country. And so I saw that. I went, oh, okay. I, we've, I don't think we've ever had anybody from Russia. So uh, I don't think so. Welcome to the club. Well, yeah. You know what? Uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now and a lot of uh, churn around different countries and different people and that. But you know what? In every country, there's really great people. Absolutely. And in, in every country, there's some people that aren't so great. Um, so uh, we know, and, and it doesn't matter where you are. We all are dealing with each other and trying to figure out how to uh, support each other as leaders, as managers going forward. So welcome, Russia. Uh, we're glad that you're here with us. Yeah. And uh, like as we've said in our last episode when we were talking about actually building a podcast, if you have any questions or anything like that, reach out. Yeah, exactly. Talkingnotranting at gmail.com. Excellent. We look forward to it. Anything else, my friend? That's it. Remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.